0: All right, welcome to another Rags to Riches Secrets. Today's podcast is called The Greatest Lessons I've Learned from My Biggest Failures. Now, it kind of seems strange to even do a podcast about this, but here's, here's what my friend said. He said that he goes, he goes, he goes, what I like about failure is when, like when I experience failure, I know right away it doesn't work. But when I have success, I have to ask myself, wow, what are all the variables that may have contributed to this? because sometimes it's very hard to isolate the exact reason why something worked but if it just straight up doesn't work and it's a straight up failure then you're like aha do not do that because that actually sucked and so what i did is i went through um i went and documented what i think probably are my nine biggest failures or biggest mistakes that i've made and i'll share it with you so that when you see it you can immediately say aha I'm not going to do that. So you can avoid making the same mistakes I make. Okay. So here's here's number one. Is not is not finding like a high ticket product to sell. Now you might say, Mike, what do you mean I'm a high ticket product to sell? Um, all right. So we had this business. My wife and I it was called Vegan Boss Lady. Really, really cool business. And we were doing like uh, challenges, $37 a month challenges. And these challenges were... Like the women that came into it were like super enthusiastic. Like they loved my wife's content. They loved everything that she did. They loved her coaching. They loved like the hands-on experience. Like they loved everything that she did. And what, what we noticed is, is in that very window, there was a group of people that would have been willing to pay, instead of $37 a month, they may have been willing to pay $500 a month once they discovered that how good, what my wife had or what she was offering was. And we saw somebody else doing the marketing where they actually offered their course, that course for like one dollar. One dollar, and then they were they wanted to be able to monetize it on the back end in a different way. And so then we offered the same exact thing for one dollar. What happened is, is everybody that paid 37 bucks, even though they got like probably a thousand dollars worth of value, got butthurt that we offered that product for 37 or for one buck and so then a lot of the $37 ones canceled Um, and I think we probably would have discovered that out of that group if there would have been a few people in that group that would have been willing to pay 500 bucks and if we would have only got a few of those that paid 500 bucks we would have made more money with less headache and less people to help but we would have actually been a lot more profitable and so I discovered is is that it takes effort to make a sell if you're going to sell a low product or a high tick product either way you're going to you're going to expend energy but if you sell a high ticket product it makes it so that you can actually find people that are willing to pay more like i'll give you kind of another example that i ran into okay just think of you think of your own buying patterns or habits when i went out to buy a pressure washer to be able to clean my razors like there's some there were 200 bucks there's some of those 400 bucks 600 bucks i went and did my homework and in the end i bought one out of germany that cost me about 1350 bucks and you're like mike it's a it's an electric pressure washer i know exactly i like when i buy stuff i typically lean towards buying the best one so i was willing to spend 1350 bucks to buy an electric pressure washer out of germany which caused me to wait six months because it was back ordered i could have bought one in the us that was not from germany and i would have gotten much faster but i was willing to pay more like right now, I'm working on taking and replacing two of these cameras I have for this. There's a lot of cameras out there. I could buy one for 1000 thousand, two thousand, three thousand. 2000 3000 Like in the beginning, I thought maybe a $1,000 camera is what I wanted. But in the end, after I did my homework, I'm like, dude, I want a Nikon Z9. Like that camera just just without the lenses and everything attached to it, that camera itself, it's going to come out with taxes and everything about $6,600 a piece. And I'm buying two of them. Then I add lenses on top of it, which is probably another 1200 bucks a piece. So in the end, in the end, I'll probably be, I'll bet you I'll be close to 15000 bucks for these two cameras, okay? People are willing to buy it. They don't buy the cheapest clothes. They don't eat the cheapest food. They don't typically drive the cheapest car. They don't typically, people add, have value or add value to things that they believe are better and that are, that they're willing to pay a premium to get the good stuff. Like I noticed when I buy cheap tools. Like, I'm like, dude, the freaking thing doesn't work right. It breaks or whatever it is. And I'm like, in the end, it costs me more. And I just like, in my mind, I'm just like, screw it. Buy the right stuff. Because when I buy the wrong stuff, I end up hating it. And so that was number one is just a high ticket product. And those are just experiences, examples of things that I ran into where I'm like, like people don't always want cheap from China. Okay. And so I'd rather deliver a better product that's a higher, that's a, it's a higher ticket, okay? Number two, not experimenting enough. Like, I even run into this now. One of the guys that I run into or that I like is Russell Brunson. Russell Brunson, he, like he, he was one of the mentors that I used to help me figure out how to get into sales and figure out how to start marketing. He goes, the biggest problem you guys all have. He goes, you guys don't test enough crap. You don't throw enough things at the wall to see if it works. And what happens is, is you want to take and do something. And you spend all this time building and building and building. You take three months, six months. Then you finally put it out in the marketplace and nobody wants it. And I was talking to my friend that I'd mentioned, Jason Harward. He does about, like I mentioned, he does about $100 million a year in sales. He goes, Mike, he goes, this is what I do. Dude, this is a nugget. This is like, this is a major value bomb that he dropped on me and I'm sharing it with you, Okay. He says mike he goes here's what i do he goes i go set up a uh, a fake uh, not a fake but a facebook page that i don't care if it gets negative reviews then i create a like a headline an ad or something and then i drive traffic to a website that probably sucks he goes i'll take a, a video off of youtube about it and he goes i'll even put in a button on it and the button he goes you can click on it all you want he goes it absolutely goes nowhere and he goes, and what I do is, he goes, I don't care. Like, I, I'm not really trying in that in situation to find out, to, to actually sell something. He goes, all I want to know is one thing. Will you have a conversation with me? Meaning, can I put an ad out, talk about a thing, and get you to say, wow, I'm interested. I want to click on it. Let me go to your webpage. Let me go check this thing out. All he cares about is are you willing to have a conversation? And then when you go to the page and then you click on it and you're like, dude, your button doesn't work. And so like a customer might be a little bit pissed, but what he says, is he goes, wow, people are willing to have a conversation on it. So then he says, okay, now let me figure out how to experiment more and then you'll start figuring out how to pull it to the to the from the dark side where it's a i don't give a crap what happens on this side if i get bad facebook reviews i'll pull it to this side in my good funnels and i'll start building it out but what it does is he allows him to do rapid testing rapid iterations to figure out if things will work will it work will it work will it work will it work, will it work before he spends a ton of money on it and so a mistake i make is not experimenting enough um part of the reason that i bring that up is i was talking to him one time He goes, Mike, he goes, about three out of 100 funnels works. And he goes, So if you spend all of your time building out 97 funnels that absolutely do not convert, like you just wasted an enormous amount of time. He goes, I wanna find the three faster, therefore I experiment a lot. And he does multiple experiments a day. Okay, so uh, mistake number three, this is a mistake that I made, is not hiring talented people. Now, what I mean by this is like take watch my videos watch my content you can see that somebody took time to edit them to do graphic design to figure out how to make thumbnails to figure out how to create content for my Instagram profile to figure out how to make content for my um, my YouTube or whatever it is or my like uh, on my podcast you look at the the thumbnail on my podcast I can't make that stuff like if you ask me Mike go make this thing like I would, I could figure it out eventually, but it would take me too much time. And the, the the big thing is, is if I get stuck down in the tactics of always having to create every graphic, every design, every da 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 da, it gets very hard. And what you can do is, you can actually find people overseas who are very very talented, where you can help them out, and you can you can hire them to create content for you. You can use Fiverr. You can use all these different platforms. Okay. But the thing is, is like if you're trying to solve a problem, are you going to solve the problem faster by just having you focusing on the problem or would you solve the problem faster by having like 10 people uh, focusing on it? Um, I've got like I, I uh, it was last year I was with, uh, at an event and I was talking to Tony Robbins and I was talking to him about my solar business. And I said something to the fact that he, I'm like, dude, I'm running into this problem and this problem. And I kind of explained it, meaning I generate... I generate enough sales, but sometimes we really struggle to fulfill it. He's like, Mike. He goes, problem you have is you don't have enough people on your team helping you solve that problem. He goes, go get three people. Go get four. Go get 12 people focusing on that problem. He goes, you'll close the gap and you'll solve it. And therein lies the mistake is not getting people on your team. Like, all I can say is it's easier to go from here to there. Um, if, like, if it takes like, say, like, I don't know, maybe success is three, maybe 3,000 hours away, right? It's easier to get to 3,000 hours instead of having one person doing 3,000 hours, having like 10 people doing 300 hours. Does that make sense? Figure out how to get to the goal faster. So not hiring people. Number four, uh, not finding a coach. Not finding somebody that can help you get the momentum. I, I ran into this. And I didn't see in the beginning. You don't know, like you don't know your gaps, right? You don't, you don't know what you don't know. I was, I was sitting in a meeting one time at Raytheon Missile Systems, and the director said to me, he goes, he goes, the problem is I don't know what I don't know. And like that's the first time I ever heard that, and I started laughing and laughing. You got to keep in mind that this guy was like a retired Navy Colonel director over the Tomahawk program, a huge multi like a billion dollar program and he made that and like I just I died laughing and I laughed and laughed and laughed and I was like I'm like I said Walt, that was the funniest thing I've ever heard and I wrote it down in my book and I still remember it till today. But it was true, dude, you don't know what you don't know. And here's what I know in the beginning. What you don't know is what's gonna kill you. Like you don't know. I, I remember when I was trying to sell solar, okay? There, think of a city. There's a city, I think there's like 15,000 people that lived in this city, okay? And I went around and I knocked and talked to almost every single person that lived in that entire city. And after doing that, I only got maybe three people out of all that entire city that bought solar from me. And I was like, fetch. Like, I'm going to go broke, right and I got a coach and my coach like he didn't give me he didn't coach me a lot but what he did is he gave me three nuggets he goes one he goes Mike when you go meet with somebody he says exhaust all options to help him because if you don't try to help him at that moment people just get distracted and they forget and they never come back to close the gap okay so he gave me that piece of advice number two is he's like look people buy from friends he said, that's how it works. He's like, so if you go in there and you don't figure out how to be personable so that they actually end up liking you, he's like, you're dead. So you, people buy from friends. And the third piece of advice he gave me, uh, I don't remember exactly what the third one was. I don't know. But it was only like three. It was just three just like that, okay? Oh, third one, third one. This is what he told me. He said that people make decisions at tables. They don't make decisions sitting on the couch. He's like, so if you want to actually help your customer, go sit at the table. Decisions are made at the table. Those are the three nuggets he gave me. But it changed everything. It changed my economics. It changed everything. Because it was huge butt mistakes that I was making. Then I figured out how to close the gap by getting some additional training. But not finding a coach, had I had not talked to him or let him mentor me, I would have struggled longer. In fact, had I had talked with him and worked with him at first, the reason I didn't, I'll tell you why in part because what they do is like when you hire a coach like it's 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 more expensive right it doesn't it doesn't their time is valuable and you've got to figure out how you can compensate them for their time but like if you run the math so i spent maybe one to three months i can't remember it's probably about three months i spent working talking 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 i had the potential to make more but in the end i made nothing because nothing I was doing was working. But then as soon as I got a coach where, yeah, I made considerably less, like, like, so to speak, commission per sale. But the result was I actually made sales. So therein lies the secret that I made a lot more money having a coach even though it cost me money. And it was, it was just so stupid. I run into people all the time that get confused about that. They're, they're like, oh, it's going to, I don't want to pay for the. Oh. Dude, I'm just telling you, they're going to take, in, what, what's going to take you 10 years to figure out, and in that entire time, you have opportunity lost, where they could have compressed it and brought that just so much closer. They would have brought that 10 years closer to you. Yeah, you might not make as much, but guess what? Making money and more money than making no money is better. Like, just, you got you to figure out how to close the gap in your head. It's a, it's a huge butt mistake like I got trapped in it was stupid it was just dumb so get a coach get a mentor okay number 5 um, getting caught in the corporate america trap that one if there if there's probably a single big frippin or flipping mistake that I've made it is this one this one ah here here's what happens when you get caught in corporate america you get caught doing a job but what you don't do is you don't develop the skills on how to sell things. You don't figure out how, like, different products or different ways you can move things, right? So then what you do is you, in essence, like I did, is I took a hit on my self-esteem where I'm like, I don't know how to make it in the real world. I don't know how to go out and sell these things. I don't know how, like, I don't get how people create business and start. I don't figure out, like, it takes a lot of time to, to be able to get a business lifted off and off the ground. And and it's like your security how you provide or take care of your family is tied directly to your job. And so then through fear, through fear, you get trapped in the thing. And like it's, 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 a, it's a beast. And it, it kept me trapped. How many years did it keep me trapped? From 2000, it kept me trapped from the year 2001 when I finally graduated from college all the way up until 2015 when I finally, finally broke free of that trap. Um and it it was oh, corporate America, boy. They give you enough money so you so that you can survive but not enough money for you to thrive. It's just the way the game's played. It kind of sucks. But getting caught in that trap. So, um number 6, um not finding a business model that was on an exponential path. Um let me give you an example. So, like like you, let's just say you're out trying to sell newspapers. You're trying to sell some of these products that they don't actually have a good tailwind. And, and I like using this airplane analogy because I've got on airplanes before. And it's like, hey, we're taking off 30 minutes late. But don't worry, we're going to make up because there's a tailwind that's going to pull us all the way from here to there. And so instead of going 400 miles an hour, we're going to go 550 miles an hour because we're not having to fight the wind. And so the tailwind actually overcame a half hour worth of, worth of downtime. And there's, there's opportunities or places in the marketplace that have exponential opportunities to grow. And if you don't, like, not every opportunity is the same. It's just not. I, I, I live by a guy, okay, let me give you an example. I live by a guy who does, um, he does landscaping. And this guy would love for me to come work for him. But then I ask myself, okay, Mike, how, like, what would it take to learn 50,000 different plants and products and stuff that people want in their yard what would it take to be able to do this what would it be able to take to understand how to operate his business and so then once you get his business down and operate then you got to figure out how to get employees and all kinds of stuff to come do it and i look at i'm like i don't know how to scale that business like i don't like i don't know how to scale it and and if he makes 150 grand a year after having like 10 employees, he can only work during the summer, right? Because the winter, the winter people aren't landscaping. So then he has to start pushing snow with his truck with a plow. I'm like that, that opportunity, like I'm great. I'm, I'm glad that it works for him, but like it's horrible. And I can see that he always struggles. And so I see that opportunity. I have another one where he's like, my friend's an engineer. I'm like, boom, that's cool, right? But then I'm like, but like, how are you going to make a million a year? How are you going to make ten million a year? How can you make a hundred million a year? I'm like, like, no employer is going to come and pay you that. I'm like, okay, so that opportunity, like, that's capped. I have another friend that sells like little, like little samples and stuff. Like, like if you want to, if you want to, like promote Tide detergent, and that's one of his clients. So he'll give you a little Tide bottle or this, use this little Tide stuff to clean your shirt. I'm like, okay, so that that's neat, but like, where's the exponential opportunity in that? And I literally, I just, I go up and down and I'm like looking at opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. And I'm like, that doesn't have exponential possibilities. It's, it, is, it is by its nature, in essence, capped. And so then that's where I sat down and I started looking at what I want to do, is, which is, you already know I do Amazon stores. And so then here's what I said, exponential opportunity. Is the internet growing exponentially? Yes. In fact, why did Jeff Bezos get into it? Because he saw over a thousand percent a year, in, year over year increase in wow (coughs) i just lost my voice in the amount of stuff that people were buying online it had massive exponential potential you see what i'm talking about and so there's a huge tailwind uh, and it's coming in it's pushing it. it's not actually shrinking it's growing so i'm like okay that's got exponential and i figure out how to market and sell more products online and then you can start scaling it up okay so that's one and then i picked the solar space because i'm like look the cost of electricity, the utility companies, their costs are going up, 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 up. Okay? Like California, when, when you buy a unit of electricity in California, it costs about 50 cents a kilowatt hour. Now, put it into perspective. Utah, I'm about 12 cents to 14 cents a kilowatt hour. Okay? I can put solar on a house, and a consumer can get that same electricity for 6 cents. So, in California, you're like, why has California got so much solar? You, all you do is say 54 cents compared to six cents, 54 compared to six. Dude, you'd be a moron not to get that. See, it's, it's like stupid. Like, even in Utah, it's like 12 cents or 14 cents from the utility company versus six cents. Like, why would you do that? It's like dumb. But here's the thing utility costs keep going up, and the cost of solar keeps coming down, down, down. There's going to come a time when solar panels can generate electricity for one cent a kilowatt hour. Okay. Like it's game over. It like 50, Like let's say fifty four cents a kilowatt hour in California down to one cent, dude. You'd have to be fifty one times dumber than the average. Like it's just it doesn't compute. Like it just doesn't map. It's it's dumb. See, that's what I'm talking about. Is there's exponentials in play in both of these market spaces? Is what, why I, or exactly why I'm in it. So that is the, the, the trap I'm referring to. Is not picking a model with on an exponential path. There are opportunities out there that are phenomenal. Like um, one of my like from the bold 3D or from that book bold, he talks about 3D printing. Like you can 3D print almost anything you want. They can 3D print a house. They can 3D print circuit cards. They can 3D print uh, parts for missiles. 3D print stuff for airplanes. 3D print. You think of it, they're starting to 3D print tissue that can be put inside your body that will not be at war like your body is not going to attack it like there are things on on exponential paths that are changing the entire world okay and so that's one of them Finding something on an exponential path so then number seven is learning how to sell sooner Um, you wouldn't think like if you're thinking like I'm going to corporate America right like it's funny because even in corporate America, every time you sit down and interview with somebody, you're selling yourself. You're selling your product. You're selling your service. And you didn't, and not knowing, like the thing that hurt me is not knowing how to do that. Part of it, it, it oh man, this one is such a big one that it hurts so bad when I, when I look back on time, kind of in hindsight, not realizing it. Because when you think of sales, okay, sales is a systematic scientific product A process to allow somebody to say yes and not discovering how that works means that you're not discovering how to get a pay raise faster you're not figuring out how to add more value to your employees or your employer it's not figuring out how to create more value in the marketplace so that you can drive your income up And people make the mistake thinking, I don't need to know how to sell because I'm just going to go get a nice safe job, right? But the problem is is you had to sell yourself into the job and then you had to sell yourself into a higher income bracket every time you get a raise. And not knowing how to position yourself means that you're positioning yourself not to go where you want to go. And, like, it, it's, it's crazy. I, I thought, like, there, there, I think some people are gifted or born with a natural gift of being able to sell. But here's what I know. After studying it and studying it and studying it and studying it, there's a scientific method to be able to be persuasive. Like, it's true. It's, it's like, documented. It's true. It's, like, there's evidence in it. They've, they've done tests on it. They've run tests on people in different groups using different things. They, like, it's it's proven if you want evidence you can find proof everywhere that what I'm telling you on this is is absolutely true okay uh, mistake number eight that I made is not attending network events and networking um here here's what I know when you go to these like when you go to different events I like I like going to clickfunnels events I go to different like I go to sales training events I go to marketing events I go to like if you've got an event that i think that i where i can see that there's high caliber people there like i'm interested in going because like when i go there these guys are going to drop value bombs on me then i'm like huh i didn't realize that like i'll give you an example this last event i went to the guy's like you know he's like if you can take like take and create if you're going to build a business take and build your business but have it actually being built under um like different types of iras right so that these things, whatever it is, these different IRAs, there's like, I think he went through about seven of them. Um, I'm not an expert on this. That's why I went to, I go to events like this so that I can learn. But he's like, here, here's the secret. He says, if you take and you, you, you allow that thing to own your business and then you build the value up in your business, all that it becomes a tax-free entity. Okay. That's the whole point of having these tax-free type entities is to allow you to build up a retirement he's like build your business inside that thing and he's like therein lies one of the big secrets that's like one of the big secrets the wealthy have like you get a w-2 employee he's going to get raked across the coals for taxes but you get a guy who actually builds it this way and he starts explaining it he's like that's how you can be able to have ridiculous profits without paying a dime in taxes in your life holy crap the tax code was written by rich people to help rich people now let, let that sink in okay and with but by not going to events like this or or getting involved in people that are discovering these secrets for you like it was it, it's holding you back and then you got to figure out how to connect and network so that one right there was number eight number nine number nine mistake okay in action the the hardest problem Here's what, here's what I ran into. I ran into it, I see it all the time, is like, hey, I want to be successful, but then you never start. Hey, I want to kill it, but then you never start. Hey, I want, like, dude, you, like, look, the Garrett J. White, he said it, he said it best this way. He goes, look, he goes, in the beginning, you're going to suck. He says, and then you're going to continue to suck. And he says but because you keep going eventually you're going to get a point where you just suck so you you suck less and less that you actually become good. And you've got to just be okay in the beginning knowing that there is a very good chance that you're going to do something and it ain't going to work. Like just like if you I'm not encouraging you to fail, okay? I'm not saying do your best to fail. What I am saying is as you do your best, you're going to discover in the beginning it sucks. <laughs> like it ain't working but you're and so your mind you gotta you gotta override what's inside your mind your mind's like hey let's not do that anymore i don't want to do that right but like but as you keep going eventually you're gonna suck you're gonna suck less to the point you're actually become good like here's probably one of the easiest analogies that to help you understand this okay if you took a if you took a computer and you took like a master chess player and you took the computer and said all right mass play against the master chess player right So the computer he plays the game and then say he loses like the master's the master right but the computer then pays attention and discovers what worked and what didn't work and it plays the game work not working work not working new choice and it plays the game did it work nope did this work yep what's what can i do different here's a new choice It will play the game over and over and over, and it won't call it failure. It calls it data points, and as it gathers data points, it then becomes good enough that it beats the master chess player, right? The computer sees the problem different. It is a data point of what didn't work rather than a failure, okay? And because it doesn't see it as a failure, it's a data point, then it keeps moving forward. So... Maybe I'll do a quick recap on it because I, I tried to tell stories or to show you what I mean in each one of these things. And so here's a quick recap of all nine. So, not selling a high ticket problem or a product, okay? That was, that was mistake number one I made. Um, mistake number two, not experimenting enough, not trying to figure out what works and what doesn't work. Number three, not hiring talented people. Gotta get some good people on the team. Number four, not finding a coach. Um, ow, that one kind of hurt. Um, number five, getting trapped in corporate America, making just enough money to survive but not to thrive. Number six, not finding a business model with exponential growth or exponential potential. Um, number seven, not learning how to sell sooner. Uh, mistake number eight is not attending events and networking. And number nine, not taking, just not making a move uh, in action. Those are the biggest mistakes that I've made. Hopefully, you can learn from them and say, okay, if those are the mistakes, like these are the things to not do, okay? Don't do those, and you're already like at least nine massive mistakes ahead. All right. That was another Rags Riches Secrets. Hope you enjoyed uh, hearing about my failure so that you can find your own success faster. And I will talk to you later.